You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Business, Life, and Coffee show. I believe we are on episode 91 now. We are almost at 100, which is a pretty big deal. I think that is cause for celebration. And we're going to start this one off a little different. Uh, I get a lot of questions on Facebook, on Twitter, and I thought to myself, why not answer some of these questions here on the podcast? Uh, You guys already listen anyway, and I thank you for that. And so we've got a few questions here that are relating to career search. Now, we're going to have an interview later on in the show uh, where I talk with a career coach and we talk about how to negotiate a raise. But this time I have three questions that I want to pick from out of the questions that were asked of me uh, on my Facebook page. So if you're not following the Facebook page, make sure you go over to Business Life and Coffee on Facebook. You can also check out my Joey V. Price page. Uh, and you can also check me out on Twitter. That's Joey V. Price HR. Uh, also, the podcast site is going to be at Biz Life Coffee. That's B-I-Z-L-I-F-E Coffee. Uh, and of course, we're on Instagram as well, too. So you can just search for us there. Now, let's get into the first question. This one is from Larissa. And she says that she's starting a new job tomorrow. Well, first of all, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, She's starting a new job tomorrow and she wants to know what are some tips to adjusting and getting established in a new workplace? Well, getting adjusted and established in a new workplace really begins and ends with being a listener first and looking for context clues within the office. So what that means is realizing that you're jumping into a totally brand new environment and you want to know what it means to be successful in that environment. So I would be looking out for identifying key players in the organization, see who's really crushing it in their role. If you have a a person that you can find as a mentor or if your boss can serve as a mentor, pick their brain and figure out what it takes to be successful there. Think about some of the questions that you asked in your interview and some of the answers that were given by the hiring team because in your first you know, probationary period, you really want to get a good vibe for, am I really being successful here? And your manager should be able to answer that question for you. Uh, a good example would be if you came on board and you're in sales, for example, uh, they may not necessarily start you off with sales goals, but success might look like understanding the sales material, being able to talk it back to someone on the team, making sure you understand what the processes are and 
what is the sales process for your organization. So when you start your new job, take notes, take a ton of notes, uh, make sure that you ask good questions and make sure that you figure out what it takes to succeed. Make sure that you have all the tools that you need to succeed because when you have the tools to be successful, then I think that is when you can really kick it up a notch and impress your supervisor and impress your team. Uh, I don't really know the ins and outs of your career, but if you wanted to go ahead and send me a follow-up, Larissa, I'd be happy to dive in that with you um, at another time, perhaps offline away from the podcast. But I think that the best thing you can do is listen. You can see who's successful you can see who isn't successful if you're replacing someone ask you know why didn't it work out for the person that you're replacing and what does success look like in that role so that would be what i recommend for you and hey guys congratulations larissa again for getting a new job the next question comes from noah Noah wants to know, how do you deal with a direct supervisor who blocks a career move that you're trying to make? Now, first of all, it's highly possible that your supervisor is just jealous. Um, You could be a high performer and you might be showing your supervisor up and he doesn't like he or she doesn't like the fact that you're making him look bad. So you might have to play into the fact that uh, there's some jealousy at stake. But practically, what can you do to circumvent that? Honestly, if your supervisor is trying to block a career move that you're trying to make, you need to have someone in your organization that I've often heard referred to as a rabbi. And this rabbi is a person who blesses your career moves and is an endorser of your career moves. It might not be your supervisor, obviously, because he's trying to block your uh, your progression and progress. But you need to find somebody that is able to say, you know what, I like this Noah guy, and I really think that he should be uh, considered for this promotion or considered for a pay raise or considered for an opportunity. And that person has to have some level of influence in your organization that allows them to open doors for you even if your supervisor doesn't want those doors open for you. Uh, It's an unfortunate thing when you have a supervisor that you kind of feel is sabotaging your career, but that's a reality. And, you know, the best thing you can do is say, okay, well, this is my reality, and what do I need to do to overcome it? Continue to be a high performer, because if you're a high performer in your role, people take notice. And when people take notice, they get kind of greedy. They say, oh, man, I want Noah on my team. So if you can continue to show that you are a stellar employee that's crushing your goals and meeting your numbers or meeting your deadlines and projects and things of that nature, then you can really uh, develop your personal brand to be one that says, you know, whatever team I'm on, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to do what I need to do. And you might be able to find a transfer, uh, a transfer within your organization. Uh, work for a supervisor who is uh, going to be a bit more open to your to your growth. 
the last thing that I would say, Noah, is, uh, you know, have a conversation with your supervisor. You guys might just be on different wavelengths about your career and what his or her expectations are of you. And you may feel like they're blocking your career moves, but they may be oblivious to that whole fact. And they might even not they might not know that you think that they've uh, they've got this glass ceiling uh, up there for you. So have a question. And similar to my to my advice that I gave Larissa, I'd start with asking questions before making assumptions and before trying to judge your supervisor's moves as career limiting. So you might have a conversation that goes, hey, I was considering my ability to apply for X role or I was thinking about my ability to take on X project at work. Uh, what are your thoughts about my ability to to lead in that way or to take on that that additional responsibility? And then just listen to see what they say. Um, they may have some very valuable advice to share with you about why they think you may not be ready for that next step. But at the same time, they may have some information that confirms that they're actively trying to limit your career. And so it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with that information. Uh, so I would say have a conversation with your supervisor, start with asking questions, try to find and someone in your organization that can be an ambassador for your career growth. And also just continue to set a high bar for yourself as far as your productivity and what you contribute, because that can go a long way and people take notice. So I'm loving all these questions so far, and I want to kind of keep this going because I like answering questions on air. Why not reach out to me at jprice at jumpstart-hr.com with your questions and also find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Trust me, guys, I'm not that hard to find and I will happily answer any questions you have about careers, startups, entrepreneurship, anything of that nature. Let's jump into the last question here. And Erica is dealing with disengaged leadership. So how do you continue to perform in an organization where your leaders aren't even leaving their all on the court, so to speak? almost like the uh, San Antonio Spurs that just got swept by the Golden State Warriors. I don't know if there's any basketball fans listening, but I'm a huge Golden State fan and I think that they're going to they're going to win. They're going to beat the Cavaliers. They're going to win the uh, the championship. You heard it here first. Um, so you can quote me on that. But back to Erica's question about dealing with disengaged leadership. Well, disengaged leadership is problematic for a few reasons. The first reason why disengaged leadership is hard for those underneath because uh, you start losing clarity of vision for where the organization wants to go and how to get there. If your leaders are foggy, then, you know, they're not going to convey clear information for you. And that can be hard because you need to get your job done and you want to make sure that you're doing the best uh, that you can in your role. Uh, so foggy leaders uh, producing foggy information and a foggy vision, that's just not a, a healthy place for an organization to be. The other reason why disengaged leaders can be bad for an organization is because 
when you want feedback on how well you're performing, you really don't know what you're going to get from your leader and you really don't know if they've even been you know, checked into what you've been doing and the work that you've been doing for your organization. And uh, that's problematic because you're looking to grow as a professional. You want to make moves. You want to make power moves, especially if you're listening to this podcast. I know you're all about power moves uh, and it can be really, really tough for your own sense of uh, uh, getting a compass, uh, a status check of where you are in your own career development. So uh, these, these, these questions kind of piggyback off of one another. So what I would say is to, similar to the advice that I gave Noah, find someone in your organization that you can check in with and that's not your boss and just see, okay, well, how am I doing? How's the organization doing? How should I respond uh, based on the, how the, the status and health of the leadership within the organization? Somebody might tell you, hey, you know, this, this ship is sinking fast and you need to take your talent somewhere else. Uh, another person might tell you or, or it might be a different scenario where the person has some intel and says, well, your leader is not going to be around for much longer. So if you can wait the storm out, then I think things will get a little better. Uh, so you want to have somebody on the inside that can give you some healthy insight on where your organization's going. And as far as dealing with disengaged leadership when it comes to performing your job, hey, let's face it, at the end of the day, you're going to have to perform regardless of who else is on your team and what they expect of themselves and what they bring to the table. So. I would just double down on my efforts to be excellent and because at the end of the day, your record is going to have to speak for itself, regardless of whether your leader is engaged, disengaged, on the fence, checked out, off to the moon, on vacation, like it really, it's, it's not going to matter and your results are going to speak for themselves and your results are what matter when it comes to uh, determining your professional brand. So just to close the loop on that one, disengaged leadership can be tough because you're gonna have to navigate around them, similar to a supervisor that's blocking your career moves. But if you can continue to set high expectations for yourself, and if you can find people in your organization that are high up, that you can uh, go to as an indirect supervisor, um, as an ambassador, a mentor, a guide, um, uh, a person that can help you have healthy, a healthy reflection of where you are in the organization, then that will serve you pretty well. So good luck to all three of you all, Larissa in your new job, Noah, as you battle the supervisor that's blocking your uh, hashtag goals, and Erica, who's dealing with disengaged leaders that aren't letting themselves be great and aren't letting her be great in the process. Okay, so that's all the time we have for the listener letters and questions. Uh, again, I definitely want to hear from you. I'm loving the questions and hopefully you're getting some good feedback that can help you in your career and in your business. So be sure to reach out to me at jprice at jumpstart-hr.com find me on social media, and also check out our website, businesslifeandcoffee.com. And if you want to further the conversation of your career development, 
I think a great way to do that is by getting Audible. Audible is an Amazon company and millions of people are already using it to download their favorite books on tape. And it's a great way to just find tools and resources that will help you grow in your career. I know I listen to Audible books when I'm on the train. I listen to Audible books when I'm working out. I listen to Audible books before I go to bed. Uh, sometimes I'll play Audible books while I'm working and you know help my brain multitask a little bit by tuning into stuff that works for me. And right now I'm actually reading or listening because it's Audible, but I'm listening to Robert Greene's book called Mastery. It's a book that I obsessed about so much that I've got not only a hard copy version, but I've got the Audible as well. And it's a great way to understand how to unlock your career purpose. So I don't want to spoil it too much, but if you go to audibletrial.com slash BLC and search for the book Mastery, you'll be able to check it out, get some reviews, find out if it's a book that you should listen to, and why not give it a try? Uh, your first book is on me, uh, so definitely if you want to make this one the first book that you get, by all means, be my guest. And then future books you can get for a low, low monthly fee that's on the website. So check out Audible and increase your career. And let's jump into the next segment of our show, which is going to be an interview with Rachel Kim, who is a career coach at SoFi. Hi, Joey. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Business Life and Coffee Show. Thank you for having me. Now, for those who are not aware, Rachel is a career strategist and coach at SoFi, and she's developing and delivering content and one-on-one -on -one coaching to support SoFi members to make progress towards career success and happiness. And we're talking today about how to ask for a raise, which I'm sure is relevant to every listener here because who doesn't want more money, right? <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't want more money? And in fact, we know that 50% of Americans and younger professionals aren't negotiating their salary or asking for a raise. So we think that this is an important conversation to have to get all that money off that table. Um, and so, so far, I've created Raise Week to help Americans understand their value and if there's a gap to communicate and claim it. Yeah, now why do you think young people aren't asking for, for salary? Do you think it's just a matter of, oh, I'll take what I can get, or oh, I, uh, I don't want to mess this opportunity up, so I'm not going to ask for more? What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think some of that's true, Joey, but I think it's also some people um, don't know that they can, especially in, in their first job. They don't know that they can ask for a raise or ask for more um, if they do get a small raise. I think that they don't really know how to, even if they want to. And so this is the time where we are putting a lot of resources and effort into helping, helping younger professionals really you know, embrace this opportunity and be empowered to go out and do it. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, you recently have a, sur a survey that said that 54% of young college-educated professionals don't even know their market value. So not only are young professionals not negotiating, but they don't even know what they're worth. That's right. You know, 54%, that's a, a huge number um, of people who are 
you know, confused about what they're worth and whether they're making enough or whether they're not making enough. And so I think that, you know, with resources like uh, salary.com, Payscale, there is decent information where they can get the averages for their salary, but then they could do even more to, um, to get closer to the numbers in their market. And some of the tips on wageweek.com is to talk to other colleagues in your region, perhaps maybe not your, your uh, cubicle mate, but perhaps somebody else in the industry who might be willing to share their range with you, some mentors you can you know, engage in the process to help you understand what your current market value might be. Okay, so for those listening, just to recap there, use sites like payscale.com and salary.com to check out what you're worth and reach out to mentors in your field that can give you a, a greater ballpark of, of what value you bring to the table and what the dollar amount is uh, for, that, for that job. Absolutely, and I think it's also important to take stock of you and what's important to you and what you value in this, in this uh, exercise as well. Because when you do want to go ask for a raise or, or a more compensation, you want to look at all the different factors that you know, increase your job happiness and satisfaction. You know, that's very true. And I'm an HR professional. Uh, with I've got my own HR outsourcing firm, Jumpstart HR. And we typically like to say within the total compensation package, you know, listeners, there's salary, there are medical benefits, there are paid days off, uh, there are opportunities for training and development. And so if you can't negotiate on pay, maybe you can negotiate on training and maybe get your employer to help pay for your MBA or get them to help pay for your graduate school. Um, there are different things that you can negotiate, and I don't think anything is necessarily off the table, but you just gotta, you just got to ask. Joe, you're absolutely right. There are so many things that are on the table, and it's important to look at every single one of them, like pay time off, like additional, um, perhaps even flexible hours, if that's something that's important to you. Absolutely. There are ways you know, that can make your job easier and for you to be more happy at work. Yeah. So... Is there a correct way to ask for a raise? Yeah, so I think, you know, if you're getting ready to have that uh, raise conversation, that it's important to do three things. First, you want to make sure that you've documented all the great work that you've been doing so you can make a clear case. Second, you do want to get close to that number that you want to ask for. And third, you want to practice your pitch so you can go in with confidence. And all of this information is at raisebeat.com as well. Okay. And again, listeners, we are joined by Rachel Kim, who is a career strategist and coach at SoFi. Thank you for having me, Joey. Oh, you're welcome. And we're, we're continuing the interview here, and I'm going to ask, what are some of the most common mistakes people make when asking for a raise? Well, a mistake um, somebody could make is to go in and blurt out, I think I need a raise. So you never <laughs> want to surprise your manager. Um, so that is something that we don't recommend that you do. And secondly, not, not have the numbers ready. So they might say, great, you're looking for a raise. Well, what are you looking for? And then to not have a number is a mistake. So we recommend that you prepare, you don't surprise your manager, and again, make the case really clear. Okay, and Rachel, if that raise doesn't work out, if negotiations don't work out, what are some next steps that a person might take to, uh, to ultimately get more money should should they should they change jobs? Uh, make a case, a clear case for what you uh, you know you've earned, and you're getting a no. Um, then you may have to look for other opportunities. 
Okay, great. And last but not least, where can our listeners go to learn more about claiming their workplace value and more about SOFI's Raise Week? Yes, you can absolutely go to raiseweek.com where we have additional tips and tools and resources to help you understand, communicate, and claim your value. Thanks, Rachel. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.